Caregivers, welcome to another We Support Caregivers podcast. I am Lashina McBride, the Executive Director of We Support Caregivers Incorporated. Thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone is doing well. Just want to shout out and thank all our supporters, all of you who've been following us over the past three years. We appreciate your support. What we do is for you. So, caregivers, I want to ask you a question. Are you or do you have power of attorney over the individual or individuals that you're taking care of? If you cannot say yes to that, I need you to stop, listen, grab a pen and a a notepad because you're going to want to take notes on this podcast here. After this break, I'm going to tell you about the power in a power of attorney. Stay tuned. You're listening to We Support Caregivers Podcast. Welcome back, caregivers. So this podcast is called The Power in a Power of Attorney. The very first thing I want to establish is what is a power of attorney? So a power of attorney is an estate planning document used to appoint an individual to manage your affairs. In this situation, many of you who are taking care of someone, your loved one that you're taking care of must ask you or appoint you to be their power of attorney. When I was taking care of my mom, my mom pretty much told me, I need you to take care of these things for me. So she pretty much appointed me to be her power of attorney. But just because somebody asks you to be their power of attorney, you have to take things a step further. It has to be a document has to be involved in order to make it legal. So there are several different types of power of attorney. Each serves a different purpose and grants varying levels of authority to the person that you are, that you have elected to manage your affairs. It is very important to make sure you choose the right type of power of attorney to meet your needs in this situation, you know, it's important that the individuals that you're taking care of, if they're able to, they choose the right type of power attorney so you can act on their behalf. So there's actually five different types of power of attorneys. The first one is called a durable power of attorney. A durable power of attorney is effective immediately after you sign it unless otherwise stated and it allows the person you've elected to take care of you to continue acting on your behalf in the event you become incapacitated. So caregivers, you're in the role of taking care of your loved ones. 
So what a durable, a durable being their durable power attorney will allow you to act on their behalf if or when they become incapacitated and it's effective immediately upon signing. So for example, let's say, you know, the person you took care of or the person that you're taking care of, if they fall and they they end up going into a coma or something like that, you, their power of attorney, if you're their power of attorney, you can make decisions on their behalf financially or as it pertains to their health with the right type with the right type of power of attorney. Also about a durable power of attorney, it ends automatically when a person dies. So, you know, the people that you are taking care of, your mom, dad, aunt, uncle, you know, a grandparent, what have you, if you're their power of attorney and the type of power you have is durable, it's effective as long as they're alive. In addition, you can rescind a durable power of attorney using a revocation of power attorney form as long as you're competent. So let's say right now you have power of attorney over someone. You know, if they want to revoke the power that they uh, revoke the power they gave you, it just takes them signing a certain type of form to revoke that power from you. But of course, they have to be competent enough to do that. So that's the first power of attorney. It's called durable power of attorney. The second power of attorney is called a medical power of attorney. I remember when I was taking care of my mom, in addition to the durable power of attorney, I also had to be her medical power of attorney in order to make healthcare decisions. Um, so that's very important. You have to have two power of attorneys, um, a general or a durable power attorney allows you to make financial decisions on their behalf. Um, a medical power of attorney more so gives you the right or the power to make medical decisions on their behalf when they're no longer able to do so themselves. And the type of decisions you can make are medical treatment decisions, surgical procedures, organ donation, uh, choice of healthcare facilities, release of medical records, and etc. As it pertains to a medical power of attorney, it becomes effective immediately after it has been signed. However, it can only be used when someone has been declared mentally incompetent by their physician. So in addition to being my mother's general power of attorney, I was also her medical power of attorney. My mom had vascular dementia, And having a brain disease is not the same as having a mental disorder. The two are not the same. And actually, that's going to be a whole nother podcast 
for a whole nother day. But I just wanted to make the differential between the two because sometimes people confuse brain disease, which literally means the parts of the brain's parts of the brain is dying versus a mental disorder. Some people confuse the two as the same and they are not. But anyway, to get back on point, even though my mom, although my mom had vascular dementia, it still altered her decision making. So sometimes she didn't make the best decisions due to her having the vascular dementia. So I had to become her medical power of attorney to make medical decisions on her behalf um, because of just her, because of her mind being altered due to dementia. So far, I've discussed a durable power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, and general power of attorney. After this short break, I'm going to continue with the last two power of attorneys, so you don't want to miss this. You're listening to We Support Caregivers Podcast. Welcome back, caregivers. Before the break, I listed the first three types of power of attorneys. So the fourth power of attorney is called limited power of attorney. It's also known as a special power of attorney. This type of power gives an individual the power to act on your behalf only for a specified purpose. For example... If your mom gave you limited power of attorney, you might only have the power to cash her checks, but not manage any other aspect of her finances. This type of power of attorney expires once the the specified task has been completed or at the time stated in the form. Another thing about this type of power of attorney, a person can grant several people this type of power for several different tasks that they may want done. So for instance, your mom could give you this power to cash her checks, but she might give your brother the power to deposit her checks. The fifth type of power of attorney is called a springing power of attorney. It's also known as a conditional power of attorney. This type of power of attorney only goes into effect if a certain event or medical condition or events specified in the POA occurs. For example, sometimes military personnel may draft a springing power of attorney that goes into effect only when they are deployed overseas. It can end at a specified time or when that person become incapacitated or upon their death. So I have listed the five different types of power of attorneys. After this break, I'm going to tell you how to obtain those type of power of attorneys. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. You're listening to We Support Caregivers Podcast.
Welcome back. So now that you know there's five different types of power of attorneys, now you need to know how to obtain these POAs. First of all, your loved one has to elect you to be their power of attorney. Either they elect you or you assume the role of caregiver and you pretty much let them know that you need to be their POA because of the role that you have taken as of caregiver requires you to handle certain level of business and without a power of attorney form or forms, it ties your hands of how much they can do, how much you can do for them. So either they elected you or you already assumed the role of caregiver and taking on a lot of their responsibility, you have to let them know or inform them that you also need power of attorney documents so they can move freely on their behalf or so you can move freely on their behalf. So this is how you can attain a power of attorney. Don't let the, don't let the fact that this is a legal document scare you into believing that you actually need a lawyer. You don't, you do not need a lawyer. If you want a lawyer, if you want a lawyer to super, to supervise or to go over these documents with you, you can, but it's not necessary to have a lawyer go over the documents. These documents are self-explanatory. And if you just have a, a, a good ability just to simply read and understand a little legal jargon, then you can figure this out yourself and sign, know where to sign and things like that. But you don't need a lawyer. These forms are available at your local pharmacy. You can purchase them there or whatever state that you live in, you can Google the power of attorney forms that you need and 99% of them you can find on Google for free as a free download in whatever state you live in. You do not have to really, you do not have to pay for these forms. They're free online. So that's how you can get these documents. Now, just every power of attorney form is going to need to be notarized. You're going to have to have the forms notarized in order for, to make them legal, to make them standing, to make them valid. They're going to have to be notarized. If you're not able, if you and your loved one is not able to go to your local bank or where you, the bank that you um, have an account with, most banks have notaries there that would notarize your documents for free if you're a member. If you are a member there, most banks provide those services to their members for free. But these documents must be notarized. They have to be signed in front of the notary. So your loved one has to sign an initial in front of them. Then you sign an initial in the area where you're supposed to sign an initial at. If you have any issues, the notary can show you where to um, sign an initial. But when you buy these forms, and even when you download these forms online, they come with instructions. They come with instructions. And if they don't, you can Google that too. Thank God for Google. So that's how you obtain the power of attorney. Once you get the documents, you have to take it to a notary. But let me tell you this, they're travel notaries. They are such things, there are such things as travel notaries. 
it's a business for them. They travel notary is a business. So some notaries can come to wherever you are to notarize documents. So if you can't, if your loved one can't get out the house or it's too much of an inconvenience, Google a travel notary. Find out what notary can come to you in your location and notarize those documents. Because when I um, when I became my mom power of attorney, she wasn't really able to come out or go out. So I, I Googled a, a, a travel notary and a notary came to the house and notarized those documents. So look for a, no, a, a travel notary if you're not able, if your loved one isn't really able to get out the house and they're more so housebound. So after this quick break, I'm going to explain to you the importance of having a power of attorney. I'll be right back. You're listening to We Support Caregivers Podcast. So caregivers, there's two additional points I want to make as it pertains to power of attorney. On the power of attorney forms, there's a part in the back called successor. And even though your loved one has chosen you to be their power of attorney or you pretty much convinced them that you need to be their power of attorney, they also have to choose a successor to you. Meaning in the event something was to happen to you or you're no longer able to fulfill your role to them as power of attorney, they have elected a successor who can do something who can act on your behalf and handle the things that needs to be done for them. Another point I want to make too is some of you caregivers are married and maybe this whole podcast had invoked you to get things in order with yourself and choose a power of attorney and things like that. Understand just because you're married to someone that doesn't automatically make them your power of attorney. So you still have to have legal documentation. If you want your husband or your wife to be your power of attorney, you still have to A, ask them, you know, or let them know, hey, babe, I want you to be my power of attorney. Let's be each other's power of attorney, what have you. But you, it's not something that's automatic. Um, from a legal standpoint, that person, you still need to have documentation that you chose your husband or that you chose your wife to be your power of attorney. And the reason why it still has to be documented because, you know, people can't assume that your husband automatically is the power of attorney. Some people might choose another person to be their power of attorney. Maybe the husband or the wife may not want to be their power of attorney. Just because of a marriage, just because they're legally married doesn't mean they have to be each other's or one another's power of attorney. It's still by a person choosing. So if you do want your spouse to be your power of attorney, you still have to have it documented. It still has to be legal documentation involved, which is the power of attorney forms.
Welcome back, everyone. So earlier in the podcast, I shared with you why it's important for you as the caregiver to have a power of attorney or to be the power of attorney of the loved one that you're taking care of. Since you've already taken the role of caregiver to fully be able to take care of them and to act on their behalf, you need to also have a power of attorney, whether it's a general power of attorney that allows you to act on on their behalf financially. It all depends on your loved one's condition. Um, There's people who have limited mobility, but they they're in their right minds and they can still make their own decisions for themselves. So they may not need for you to um, make decisions for them, but they may need for you to go pay a bill for them or deposit money for them and so forth and so forth. So depending on your loved one's condition and their current situation, they will know or you will know or both of you can figure it out together what is the proper power of attorney that you need. Um, If they have any medical conditions, long-term medical conditions, um, chronic medical conditions, medical conditions that's going to progress, you definitely need to make sure they make you a medical power of attorney or have, or also, which is also known as an advanced directive. So you know how to carry out their, so you know how to carry out things for them and to act on their behalf medically, then making medical decisions for them. So um, my recommendation would be, A, if you're taking care of someone, you know, depending on what level of medical issues they have, you definitely make sure that you definitely make sure you have a medical power of attorney. And then again, depending on their capabilities or their physical limitations or what is their current mental status, you might need a general power of attorney so you can take care of their finances you know, and operate on their behalf when it comes to financial decisions. But you in the role of caregiver definitely need some form or some type of power of attorney, you know, so you can fully take care of that individual and act on their behalf. Also, now that you have a good understanding of what a power of attorney is, you yourself need to make sure or begin to think about who you want to be your power of attorney in the event you have some limitations going on, in the event you can no longer do certain things for yourself. This is a good time to start analyzing and, you know, viewing people that you know, other family members, you know, things of that nature who can act on your behalf in the event you can't do any longer. This is a good time to start planning that and, you know, viewing certain candidates that you want to be a power of attorney. Remember, you might just want that person to be a limited power of attorney for you. That's an option as well. But this is a good time to also get things in order for yourself as it pertains to POAs and things of that nature. After this break, I'm going to recap the podcast and conclude it. You're listening to We Support Caregiver Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. 
So to recap the podcast, I discussed what a power of attorney is. I listed the different types of power of attorneys. I explained how to attain a POA, how to get those documents. I also talked about the importance of becoming a power of attorney as a caregiver. So this concludes the podcast. I thank you to all. I want to say thanks to everyone who listened. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. You know, um, if you want to learn more about our organization, you can go to WeSupportCaregivers.org. You'll learn what we are, our mission, our vision, you know, what we are doing, what, we, what we're planning to do. And if you want to give a donation, you can on the website, WeSupportCaregivers.org. My name is Lashina McBride. I've been your host and I'm the executive director of We Support Caregivers Incorporated. It's been my pleasure to share, you know, the information that I did share with you all to help you along your caregiving journey, you know, to make things easier for you. I have over 20 years of caregiving experience and a bulk of that experience came from me taking care of my own mother. So it gives me great pleasure to share with you what I've experienced to give you valuable information that you t- that you can apply to your caregiving your caregiver journey to make things easier for you. When I speak, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking I'm speaking from knowledge. I'm speaking from education. I'm speaking on what I, I'm speaking from what I've seen, what I've bumped into, the mistakes I've made as a caregiver. If I can. If I can spare you from that, I'm going to do it. You know, so it gives me great pleasure to share with you. Make sure you tune in to us next month for another podcast episode. But it's been good. It's been real. I want you all to be safe. And until next time, take care of yourselves. You've been listening to We Support Caregivers Podcast.